You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? The pitch. Swing and a miss. Through the fastball right by him, and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight Ks for the Cardinal Hurricanes. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarin, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne. And, Claibs, it's great to finally join you down here in Jupiter. Let me tell you, you did a great job getting everything ready. But, man, just about, uh, what would you say, about 75% of camp is already here? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of guys who aren't pitchers that are already here and they're getting their work in and getting some swings in the cage. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure, Chris, every every team in baseball, including the free agents yet to be signed, all in that same mode right now, but this is a camp we're going to focus on. And, and, you know, everybody's got a little pep in their step right now. The managers and the coaches and the players are all excited to be back and get involved in some sort of organized drill, and we'll see where it takes us. It's going to be a long season. You know, I kind of wonder if around baseball, but even with this club, the questions keep getting asked, why are there still free agents out there? Why haven't clubs done more? Why haven't you added this guy or that guy? Uh, not that this team needs any extra motivation, but could that be an extra chip on their shoulder? Telling the guys in that clubhouse, hey, people are wondering why we haven't added more. Uh, what are you going to do about that? Well, I, I think for some guys, yes, uh, especially guys whose positions are in question or guys who didn't play well or as well as they needed to last year. But one of the things about this whole free agent issue is I don't think it's the owners saying we don't want to pay you. I just think the length of the contracts is something they're trying to regulate a little bit more and there's some people that are having a hard time dealing with that. Uh, at some point, I think the wives will make a decision to have their husband sign with somewhere and go play baseball is what they do. But for the meantime, you if you're a manager, you just worry about the guys you have in camp and don't worry about anything else. All right, we will visit with the skipper, Mike Matheny. And, uh, again, this will kind of be a theme, I think, of this spring clubs for a lot of clubs. You know, it's not a given to make the postseason every year. Uh, Matheny's track record was incredible from 2012 to 2015 and what he did his first four seasons at the helm. And, you know, whether it's fair or not, I'm sure he's one of the guys and his staff uh, who may be feeling a little bit of heat if things uh, don't turn around for the Cardinals in terms of getting back to the postseason this year. Well, it's been a serious standard that's already been set. And when you miss the playoffs two years in a row, uh, people start to look at you. This is not... Uh, San Diego or Pittsburgh or some other places where playoffs don't come with any sort of regularity. We're accustomed to seeing it, and when you get off the track, people expect results or they expect change. I personally think this team is good enough to get in the postseason, and and I really think they're good enough to win the division uh, if they get some help. I don't know if this team on this day is good enough. But I think they certainly have room for improvement, and the improvement that they would make would certainly put them over the top. I'm excited to see how the new coaching staff additions add into things, not only bringing back Jose Okendo, having Willie McGee join the staff, uh, the shifting of Mike Schilt to a new role, but also bringing in Mike Maddox and the fact that for the first time in a number of years, Klaibs, you're bringing in a guy who had no connection to this organization prior. Well, I, I think that's important, and I think sometimes – 
new voices are always needed uh, with Mike Maddox and having Willie McGee and Jose Okendo, guys who are familiar with the players because they've worked in the organization. I just think the, the responsibilities they will now have will certainly make this thing even more intriguing. Uh, and let's not forget Brian Everskirt. Uh, Gertie pitched for the Cardinals, worked in the minor leagues, and now he's going to be the bullpen coach. And he's going to be like the head scout for Mike Maddox with regard to these young pitchers that he's going to have a chance to work with that have come through the organization. So it's going to be uh, uh, an interesting way on how they approach this and in, in having a different and new voice. Uh, giving instruction and giving direction. But, you know, one of the other things, Chris, you and I play with the, the rotation and also the bullpen. we got a surplus of experienced big leaguers that are trying to make this ball club, and they are going to be a couple, if not four, players that probably won't be with us. I think it opens you up for either releasing some guys or certainly trading some guys to get some better players in at other positions. We're going to visit with Adam Wainwright as well coming up, and uh, what a big year for not just the pitching but for Waino. And I think in a lot of ways kind of symbolic of, of this club. Is it going to be a great year that could lead to more years with the club for him? Uh, as he goes, does the pitching staff go? Uh, big year for Wainwright, the leader in the clubhouse, but also Wainwright, the guy who, you know, over the course of his career has many times been a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Yeah, this is going to be something that we all probably need to pay attention to. And you know what? It starts today. I don't think you can sit back and say, well, Wayno will be Wayno. He'll show up. We don't know. We don't know because of skill, because of age, because of injury. This is uncharted territory for him at this stage of his career. So, yeah, he's going to be given every opportunity to be part of this ball club. I just don't know what the role is going to be right now because you've got some other players knocking at the door wanting jobs too. Well, we've got a big show coming up for you. Uh, We mentioned the skipper, Mike Matheny, will be with us. We'll visit with Adam Wainwright as well. Kyle McClellan is one of our insiders. Enjoy having him down in Jupiter. He will chat with us, give us an idea of what happens as the Cardinals pitchers and catchers hit the field for the first time, a little of inside baseball perspective. We'll also get the thoughts of Benjamin Hockman from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Plus... Mike Shannon will kick us off in hour two. It's great to see Mike down here in Florida, Cleves, and hard to believe but very exciting that a week from Friday, the first game that folks will be able to hear from Jupiter on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's just something about that first game that just says, all right, we're here. Whatever happened last year is behind us. Let's get it going. And um, These games I think are going to be important, Chris, but they're going to be five-inning games with regard to good players facing other good players. We're also going to hear from John Tudor. Cardinals Hall of Fame voting will be open for the fans next month. And, man, you've done a, uh, a great job having some fantastic conversations with what is an incredible ballot and what's going to be a really tough decision for fans. I think this is the toughest ballot I've ever seen as far as potential Hall of Famers and the way it works and the fans will will, uh, be involved, obviously. And and I I just hope some of those fans from yesteryear who remember the John Tudors and the Ray Langfords and the Vince Coleman's and the Lee Smiths of the world don't forget the impact that they had on the ball club and the success that they had when they were in a Cardinal uniform. Guaranteed tickets to opening day or Cubs weekend games with Flex Packs. Premium Flex Packs on sale today only and feature one Cubs weekend game plus a minimum of two other games in 2018. Opening day Flex Packs go on sale tomorrow and feature the home opener plus a minimum of two other games in 2018. 
For full details, visit cardinals.com slash flexpack. Kyle McClellan joins us to give his perspective on what today means when we come back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Joined by Kyle McClellan on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Pitchers and catchers getting their first workouts underway today, just a couple of days until the full squad will be on the field. And, uh, Kyle, what, what did this day signify? What does this day signify? Kind of going first stage of informal to formal and just 10 days away from actually uh, playing games over here at Roger Dean. Yeah, well, you're having, a, you're having a meeting. It's not the whole team, but you're having a meeting, especially this year with a new pitching coach. That's something that is new that they're going to have to uh, get to know each other and get familiar with each other, and, and the layout of spring training might be a little bit differently, the way he handles the pitching. So just kind of getting to know each other. A lot, I, Luke Gregerson, I was in the locker room yesterday, and people would walk by. He'd say, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? You know, So trying to get to know your teammates and uh, and find your role. But it's an exciting day, and it's also it's the beginning of the grind you know that from here on out you have uh several months hopefully deep in october that you're going to be grinding it out for the season you know the spring uh it has changed as far as guys who show up ready to go but for you uh and also when you look at some of these pitchers how important is it to make sure you get those quality innings where you're facing legitimate hitters and having a chance to work on things compared to trying to get in a ball game in the eighth inning and you're facing the guys wearing 97 yeah, it's it's important. Early on, it's not that important. You're you're facing you're just facing a guy in the box, and you're trying to work on location and and build your pitches up. As you get about three weeks away from it being game time, then you want to not be seeing the guy that's going to be spending the year in Double A, swinging at the first pitch, being super aggressive. You want those big league established hitters, and and so it's a process. Spring training is a process. The younger guys don't have the luxury of. Uh, using that process as long as the older guys they know how to build it up and how to go from there the young guys you just have to take every day and it's so valuable in the experience that they're getting to share a locker room with adam wainwright with yadier molina with some of these guys matt carpenter take what you can take it to your minor league season and try to make you a better player Kyle McClellan, our guest on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Let's run through uh, some of the guys that we're going to be watching over the next couple of days. And you just mentioned Adam Wainwright. Obviously, the last year of his deal had some flashes last season when he was great, uh, was hurt towards the end of the year. Uh, What do you expect from Adam this year, knowing not just the kind of player he is, but the kind of leader and competitor that he is? Because it is a factor that he's headed into the last year of that contract. Yeah, I think it's a a very unique situation here for Adam in this spring training of being his last year of, of coming off, like you said, the injuries. I mean, that last start before he really had the injury, he looked like he had figured it out. His curveball was back, his fastball was back, and then he was trying to go out there and compete at throwing in the low to mid-80s, which just isn't going to work at this level. So be interesting to see how he bounces back. And uh, you know he has the leadership qualities, and he's going to be leading the staff no matter where he's at on the team. And uh, even if he's not playing, we saw that in 2011, uh, still being a leader. But uh, this spring is going to be interesting for him. Klaibs, I know it can be a little cliche, but he seems like one of the ultimate guys that when someone, and, and he's talked about this, when someone or a group of people is counting him out, that's when he seems to be at his best. He really does. And he the one thing I've always appreciated about Adam, he's always calm and composed. No matter how bad it might have been, he'll own it. And he'll also say, okay, i got to figure this out. And he can self-diagnose himself as well as anyone. But he never overreacts to what the results are, both good or bad. Kyle, uh, let's also talk about Carlos Martinez, you know, for the second year now, uh, the quote-unquote ace of this staff. And, again, a guy who you see his stuff is 
as good as anyone's in the big leagues. But, uh, you know, I know for multiple parties, maybe a little frustrated with some of the ups and downs, some of the lacks uh, of consistency. What does he need to do to take that next step and to be that Cy Young caliber pitcher? Well, I, I think that's just it. We're waiting to see that step of being the true ace his stuff certainly is there but the inconsistencies and and I I feel like last year he took steps there was moments in games where previously he would kind of get caught up in the moment and everything would speed up and he might throw a ball away or make a mistake last year he he wasn't doing that as much and so this year you just you want to see him take that step and be a guy that can win 18 19 20 games he has the stuff to go out and win and throw a no hitter every time out there I mean we know that we talk about it all the time but it's just that level of consistency and that's what it takes from from guys that have been in this game for a long time I feel like he's really feel figured out uh, not trying to strike people out from from the first pitch and make maximize his pitches and uh, hopefully we can see that and, and result in more wins for you and, and other pitchers when you get down here and you work on something and you finally get a groove and you say, all right, that's it, do you continue to do it or do you stop when you have a positive result and move on to something else? Well, it all kind of depends on what you're working on. For me, like when I came down, I had to make sure when I left here that I had my curveball and I had my location on my fastball. And and once you, you get that and it clicks, you continue to perfect it, but you don't have to spend maybe half of your bullpen session working on it. You can just touch on it a little bit, make sure it's still there, and go from there. I, I was a guy, I wasn't very mechanical. I was a guy that it came pretty quickly for me once I got on the mound and, and worked on it. It was more of my arm strength and more of uh, being on your feet all day and making those those little short, quick movements and things like that. Um, so once you kind of know you're there and you feel good about it with that fastball away and that fastball ends more location, uh, you, you just, you're just confident, you know how to repeat your delivery, and you just kind of continue to touch on it. We saw Michael Walker last year in terms of remaining on the field, put together a full season. He talked last year about his off-season conditioning and lifting program. He made some tweaks to what he was doing in between starts, not throwing the day after uh, pitching last year. And I think the next step for him is to get deeper into games, to not struggle after he's gone through the lineup a couple of times. If he continues to put it together from a durability standpoint, what kind of pitcher can he be in this rotation? What could he provide to this club? Well, he, he could be your Lance Lynn. He could be your stability, your guy that goes out there is going to give you six or seven innings every time. He's going to compete. He really, last year, I mean, there was only about a stretch of about seven games where he really struggled. He struggled pretty bad during that stretch, but they stuck with him, and he came out of that and was just excellent last year. Early season and late season, he was really good. I think the Cardinals did a great job of building him in some extra time off. Maybe they'll continue to do that. You're always going to tweak your program, your off-season stuff, your in-season stuff, because you're changing. Your body's changing. You're aging. All that stuff uh, changes every year. But I think building him in some some days off is going to be important going forward. He's a guy who was so dominant when he came up in 2013. It looked almost easy at times, like he was toying with guys. We saw the success he had in the postseason as well. And when he's gotten into trouble the last couple of years, it's been walks. It's been high pitch counts early. And I think about, you know, Adam Wainwright talking about the fact that if you're 0-2, 1-2 on a guy, you don't always need to go for the punch out. And if you can embrace ground balls, it's a trend around baseball. You can be more efficient. You can take some pressure off your bullpen. And you can go deeper into games without getting into some of those stress counts and some of those stress innings. Yeah, absolutely. For, for Walker, I think it's more of a, look, when he came up, he was throwing 98 miles an hour and had an 84-mile-an-hour devastating changeup. That fastball has come down a little bit, although last year we saw him climb back up, 95, 96. But when you're not able to pitch at that 98 and you're having to get outs at 92, 93, 
it's an adjustment. You're not used to having to pitch to contact, and you're not really wanting that when you're throwing 98. And so he had to make that adjustment. Then his changeup wasn't a swing and miss because the, the speed difference wasn't there as much as it was early on. But last year he made that adjustment. And I think, like we said with Carlos Martinez, making that adjustment, getting quicker outs is going to allow you to get deeper in the game. But with today's game, starters are going six innings, and that's all they're really asking of them. It's really been a big change in the starting rotation all across baseball in the last two or three years, just in terms of how deep that they're wanting these guys to go. Hey, Kyle, for you, uh, this is an interesting spring training with regard to experienced pitchers who are going to be working out of the bullpen. Is that going to be the one thing you'll pay closest attention to? Because, you know, you have a luxury of maybe having three lefties, uh, I'm not sure if we have the defined closer that's here in camp as we speak, but there's a lot of good pitchers that we've seen in the past that may not make this ball club. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. A couple guys with, that are out of options that might come into this, but for me, the biggest thing I'm watching on the bullpen is a closer. You have instability in your in your bullpen if you do not have a closer. I don't care who you are. I don't care who's on your roster. It all You have to know who's going to pitch the ninth inning every day from everybody else that's in the bullpoint standpoint as well because if you don't know – Today I might throw the ninth, tomorrow I might throw the sixth. If you're not sure when that phone's going to ring, who it's going to be, it creates a little bit of, of craziness. And so you, they need to leave here with identified as one closer, somebody that takes the job, and that's going to alleviate the pressure on everybody else. You know, one of those guys that's out of options is Sam Tuivalala, and he pitched pretty well when he was up last year. And it seems like every bullpen now, Kyle, has guys that are throwing 96, 97, 98, a couple of them, uh, compared to especially even five or six years ago. What's the difference between having velocity versus having effective velocity? Well, I think it's it's more your second pitch. I, I think Tui Valala has really come along with his little cutter slider that he started throwing. It's helped him take some pressure off of his fastball, and his fastball is explosive. I mean, he is, it just has an effortless delivery, and it just explodes out of his hand. But guys can time that. We saw that with Jason Mott. We saw that with a lot of these guys coming up with one pitch. And then they develop that second pitch, and it takes them to a whole different level. He did a great job last year, started to get in some really big innings in the late part of the season. It all comes down to use. Is he going to get the opportunity? Is is Maddox and, and Matheny going to rely on him late in the game in big situations? Because it felt like a lot of times last year he would go long stretches without getting in the game. But at the end of the year, he was pitching some of their big innings for him. Kyle, I'll leave you with this uh, because you know as well as anyone um, in, in the media group what Yadier Molina can mean to this camp and not just his familiarity with the pitchers but the chance to work with some of the young guys. And I guess, guys, we need to start to say that this is what, Carson Kelly's fourth big league camp or so? He's just about as familiar with uh, the pitchers and especially the amount that he caught with the idea at the World Baseball Classic last year. He's an asset as well in camp for, for the pitchers and the catchers. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, He's in a tough spot because you're behind Yachty and you, you're still kind of, uh, your eyes are glued to him. And so it's not like he's able to take on a leadership role, doesn't have that much experience at the major league level. But Yachty is uh, just a guy that's so special and just to uh, be able to soak it up. And I think one of the, one of the, best things about Yachty is his willingness to help the young guys. There's a lot of superstars in this game that will kind of keep to themselves and won't share information and won't really uh, acknowledge those young guys. You see Yachty, man, he is he will go out of his way to compliment a catcher, to work on a catcher, to give them advice. Uh, he's out there early with them. He's a great example of what it's like to be a leader, to be here and work hard for these young guys, to see him doing that, the best in the game, still putting in as much work as he does. Uh, having Yachty around, uh, I think uh, you might get familiar with seeing him in a Cardinal uniform even past his playing days because he's so valuable to these young guys this time of year. 
All right, that's Kyle McClellan as pitchers and catchers' workouts are underway. Full squad in a couple of days. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings Sporting Goods, is the exclusive fan club for Cardinals fans age 13 and under. Tremendous membership benefits include two tickets to a 2018 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only autograph party at Bush Stadium, and much more. For more information, visit cardinals.com slash kidsclub. Adam Wainwright sits down with us next as we continue on this pitchers and catchers' First workout edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne. Back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Adam Wainwright joins us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, first day of workouts uh, in the books. I know not the full squad here yet, Wayno, but what does this day represent every year? Uh, this It's always exciting for me because you don't know. You have all these expectations of where the season should go in your mind and how it's going to go and how how you're going to win and and uh coming off a couple of seasons when we didn't play like we should have played you know this is the exciting time of year where we get to set the pace and we get to to sort of set the expectation among camp that we're going to we're going to do all that like we used to do it we're going to put the stuff that happened last year and the year before that behind us and we're going to get back to winning baseball for you this is going to be an interesting season of final year of a contract you're coming off of a couple of injuries that slowed you down just a bit what are you trying to do in these first few weeks of spring training well i i think i've gotten to a point now where i realize if if i'm healthy i'll be very good and um i think i'm i'm thinking i'm healthy you know i think everything has gone great so far it's one of those things you don't know till you know but uh, i'm really excited about I'm really excited about competing again, and and last year was tough, man. That was really tough for me, but uh, I want to compete. You know, I want to get out there and, and be mean and compete again. You know, last year I was a little too nice out there at times, and sometimes I wasn't working with a full deck of cards, as y'all know. But um, I, I'm looking forward to 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 proving myself. I still got it, which in in turn proves a lot of people wrong. The way that you pitched during that stretch last year, when you were as good as anyone in baseball. Uh, was this off season? Did you reflect positively on that, or was it a mix of that and frustration that then you got hurt after that and and couldn't finish the year the way you wanted to, Adam? Yeah, the thing that is frustrating is right when I got hurt was was when I remember Lily pulled me aside and said, "You're feeling good, aren't you?" I said, "Yes, sir. I'm. I'm this is it's go time now." And uh, I was playing catch in the Cincinnati outfield one time, and and he looked at me and he said, "You're feeling great, aren't you?" I said, "Man, I'm feeling so good." He's like, "All right, now now's the time where we're gonna have to." Watch out on your throwing between, you know, between games because sometimes as a starter you can you can get out there and you can push it because you're feeling great, and then you you start throwing a lot and and you're tired for the games almost. And so uh, I started to think that way, like, uh, man, this is about to be really 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 fun. And then I got hurt. Uh, and, and even that last start at Wrigley, that was one of the best of the year, wasn't it? In, in your eyes, the the game where you had the issue. Yeah, I pitched. I pitched. Uh, I pitched a good game. I think I got into the eighth inning there, and and uh, could have kept going for sure had I been, you know, fully, fully healthy. And my back was tightening up, which in turn made my my arm get kind of out of whack. And that's that was probably the root of the cause. Um, but you know what? There's nothing I can do about that. I, I'm not going to reflect too much on last year, honestly. I, I really want to focus on this year and how I can get better. Well, let's not totally throw away last year because we didn't even have a chance to talk about the silver plugger so how much work did you do in the cage in the offseason i did some hitting with our high school team down there we got a great a great new facility down there uh, thanks to you right 
I was a part of it for sure, but uh, the the organization or the the community as a whole just came together and, and did something really special for that school. And um, I'm, I'm just lucky to be a part of it. I get to go Friday, flying home to uh, be a part of opening day ceremonies, throw out the first pitch, and uh, they retired my number down there. So like you know, it's it's, it's kind of cool for me to know that uh, our program is we we hired it one of the best coaches in Georgia. So our our program is is uh, really really on the up and up right now football wise we've been the state championship two out of the last three years or something like that we've uh and hadn't been to a state championship before that in 30 years or something like that so we're we've got a lot of excitement around the 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 program down there and i like being a part of it we've talked a lot about you and we'll talk a lot about individual guys over the course of this spring but for this club collectively uh, is there any more pressure i know that two years missing the postseason for a lot of fan bases, organizations, that's normal. It, it hasn't been for you while you've been here. What does that mean this spring and into the start of the season? Well, when you look at the last two seasons for us, it feels like we were like 20 games below 500 both times. And when you look at it in actuality, two years ago we missed the playoffs by one game, and we, we had a chance the last game of the season to win that game. And if San Francisco had lost to the Dodgers, then we would have gone to a one-game playoff. So we were very close to that year. But, it, again, it felt like we were way below 500. Uh, last year, we were in it all the way. I remember we swept the Cubs, and we got into a spot where we were tied, I think, or maybe even winning first place. And uh, we got into that spot where we controlled our own destiny, and we just didn't play good ball down the stretch. I mean, that's just the way it goes sometimes, unfortunately. And and uh, we didn't make it happen when we should have, and uh, it stings. But to know that with, you know, one day left in the season on our bad seasons, the one day left in the season we're in it, and then – you know, the next season it felt like it was miserable all year as far as not winning like we wanted to, not playing like we wanted to, and we were still right in it until the very last couple of weeks. That's Cardinal, that's the Cardinal organization right there for me. You know, when we're when we're playing our worst baseball, we're still going to fight tooth and nail and be in it to the very end. So expectations for us when we come into spring training is we're going to win the World Series, and that's what we want to do here. That's why we're here. That's why we're competing. My, my final question for you, uh, I know you're anxious to get out on the mound and pitch against somebody in a different uniform. How do you temper your emotions at this stage, knowing that this is an important season for you coming off of an injury? Well, uh, I need to get back to the standards. And so last last couple seasons has been a little different for me coming off of some, some big seasons or coming off some injuries. And, and I used to have the goal that I was going to set. I was going to lead spring training in innings, and I was going to go out there and I was going to make them take me out of the game with a low pitch count every time. It was good training for me. Um, it was it was it was good for my focus to, to to get out there instead of throwing three and a third and throwing 75 pitches. That's not good practice. You know, you get you get work in for sure, but that's not that's not the kind of practice I want to do. And I, I did that last spring, and it, and it sets you up for failure, I think, as opposed to going out there saying, you know what, I'm going to pitch just like I'm going to pitch during the regular season, and I'm going to try to get guys out, and I'm going to I'm going to work on my craft. That's the way I want to do things again this spring training. Well, uh, here's to a great spring, and uh, we hope folks also go and check out Big League Impact. Um, I hope we get a chance to talk again during the regular season. I know you guys had a great karaoke event in St. Louis, just a great trip that you guys took. So congratulations on making a difference this off season, and looking forward to this year. Yeah, thank you, guys. Oh, and happy Valentine's Day.
That'd be Valentine's Day. Guaranteed tickets to opening day or Cubs weekend games with Flex Packs. Premium Flex Packs on sale today only and feature one Cubs weekend game, plus a minimum of two other games in 2018. Opening day Flex Packs go on sale tomorrow and feature the home opener, plus a minimum of two other games in 2018. For full details, visit cardinals.com slash flex packs. Benjamin Hockman of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch gives us his take on this Cardinals club and spring training when we come back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. In Jupiter, Florida, we're joined by Benjamin Hockman from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Thanks for joining us, man. I'm wondering, uh, this year as camp opens, is this a camp and a Cardinals club with not just excitement, but as many questions as any that you've covered over the last couple of years? Gosh, Yes, and I'll also say this. This is a pivotal season in St. Louis Cardinals baseball history. I mean, they they missed the playoffs for the third year in a row. I can't imagine what will be going through the heads of our fellow St. Louisans. Which is crazy to say, right? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it hasn't happened since the turn of the most recent century. And back in the McGuire days was the last time they missed the playoffs three years in a row. You know, the first year, like, all right, well, they, they were almost in it. They came down the last day. The second year, like, oh, man, this is frustrating. If they miss it for three years in a row, who are the Cardinals? They're the Seattle Mariners. You know, that's, that's an interesting way to look at it because we've they've had so much consistency over the years. So what do you think they're going to have to do to correct this? And I don't think they can afford to sit back and just let things unfold, they, they probably need to be in a position to be proactive when this thing gets started. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens with the rotation here in Jupiter. There, you talk about questions, Chris and Mike. I mean, Miles Mikolos, uh, we, we, none of us have ever seen him pitch, it is, it, yet he's probably the number three uh, starter in the rotation. Now, clearly, they scouted him. They've watched a lot of video. They talked to a lot of him smart people, important people in baseball to find out that this is a guy that they can rely on. Okay, but you have to say, wow, one team goes after you, Darvish, and the other team gets Miles Mikolos. I'm not saying it's apples and apples, but I'm just saying, man, they're going to need Miles Mikolos to step it up, and we haven't even talked about some of the other pitchers. You mentioned the drought and the fact that there could be a lot on the line if if the Cardinals miss the postseason again. Um, Despite the acquisitions, especially Marcelo Zuna, despite being engaged and involved uh, by all accounts in John Carlos Stanton up until he made a decision to essentially call the Marlins bluff. Are you surprised in your interactions with fans and readers, the anger? I, I sense more anger. And, and again, I've only been here for four or five seasons, but just I've never really sensed that before. And it's anger, not just at the lack of performance. It, it seems directed in some ways, at, at management and, and ownership at times. Well, the, the reason it's happening now in this era is because it's not just the Cardinals failing, but it's the Cubs succeeding simultaneously. And that that sticks a stake in your side if you're, if you're a Cardinals fan. It'd be one thing if it was the Brewers doing really well or even the Pirates or what have you. But because it's the Cubs and, you, and we're watching them and, and Theo pulling the strings and Jed, it can be really, really infuriating for Cardinals fans. And the Ozuna situation, is interesting because I think a lot of people did look at it as like, oh, we got this, our second choice there. And, and yeah, you have to give the Cardinals credit for offering the Arch, the Brewery, and I believe part of the river to Stanton, and he turned it down. But So they got Ozuna, the second choice. Uh, but th- there's even discussions among fans and us in the media, like, did the Cardinals get the better of the s- second choice? Should they have gone with Yelich instead? And uh, Ozuna had, a, obviously, a, a monster season last year, but was that an outlier? Clips, I'm wondering, have, have you sensed 
anger like this over the last decade? Yeah, I, I sense it, uh, a lot of frustration. And I think because we're in an era where we see a player's body of work like with, with Darvish and, and he came in with a lot of reputation, people look at him and they say, well, gee, why can't we have a guy like that? And I think that people get frustrated. And I think that the timing wasn't good where the Cubs have Darvish and you get Bud Norris. Now, Bud Norris is a Cardinal killer. So now the question is, who is he going to beat now? Because the team that he used to own, he's now on. So, yeah, I I agree, Chris. But I also caution people that this is February. We haven't played a game, and there's not one game in this spring that's going to decide the fate of the World Series as far as the Cardinals are concerned, unless somebody gets hurt. Benjamin Hockman, our guest on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. We are in Jupiter, Florida. Cardinals pitchers and catchers uh, got underway with their workouts today. Full squad will begin next week. Benjamin, do you expect uh, the personnel group to look different over the next month and a half before the regular season starts uh, in New York against the Mets? Obviously, an unprecedented number of free agents are still on the market. Any of them do you think end up uh, being a fit with this club? You could you could say anybody could could be a fit, but the the follow up is whose spot are they taking on on the roster? And look, the Cardinals only have five left handed bats on their forty man roster, uh, and and one of them is Valera. Uh, so so the you look at a guy like Logan Morrison who's sitting out there, a, a big slugger who actually played uh, here in Tampa, nearby in Tampa Bay here in Florida last year. That's a lefty bat and first baseman that's enticing, but it's like okay if you splurge on him does that mean luke voigt's out i mean who, who it's, it's easy to say oh we'll just go buy 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 but i mean uh, i wasn't trying to quote in sync there by the way uh, but you can go buy and buy and buy but then uh you have to wonder like who are you going to replace and then you look at like a jose martinez like no that's not as as if you will sexy of a, of a ball player as like a guy that hit 30 home runs in the american league last year but I mean, jose martinez i mean he had very good solid numbers last year and can play both first base and the outfield you know that that's an interesting point you bring up that hasn't been talked about a great deal and that's left-handed bat um greg garcia came off the bench last year he, he's had better seasons so that's an area that they don't really have a lot of depth in, and they're going to have to figure out because I don't think you can go into a season with this current roster, especially with the lack of left-handed hitting. So I think it, it really sets them up to make some moves to clear up some things and really fortify a position that they're really weak in right now. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you make a good point. But I mean, right now Greg Garcia is the, the only lefty off the bench and we'll, we'll have to see if they make a move but i don't i don't sense that they're willing or wanting to spend you know 10 million dollars what have you on on a guy you know i do think that you have assets and one of the flip sides of stanton versus ozuna is what you gave up in that deal um, and what you're positioned to do at some point this season or even at the trade deadline and i wonder with some of the urgency with you know, the deal for Ozuna over the next couple of years with Wainwright, Molina, some of the contracts that they're set up, if uh, that plus what they have within the organization could lead to um, a team that, that's willing to do just about anything, uh, not just throughout the first half of the season, but up until the deadline. The flip side of that is can those same prospects be the guys who themselves are the ones that infuse the St. Louis Cardinals? I mean, we saw Paul DeYoung last year, of course, with his monster slugging. But my goodness, I mean, you, you look at, at Helsley and you look at Hicks and you look at Hudson with that slider, maybe the best slider in the building. Um, those are 
guys who could very well uh, end up in St. Louis this year, or like you made reference, you could also end up somewhere else in, in a trade. But I think the Cardinals are hanging their their red hats on development of pitchers, and and I mean you you start with. Michael Walker, who was developed through the system and is now one of the key starting pitchers, Carlos Martinez, of course. And then you look at a guy like Luke Weaver, who's going to be vital for the team this year. And I think Luke's going to have a pretty good year. I read about it in the Post-Dispatch, actually, uh, today. If you look at some of his numbers, two numbers that stand out for me about Luke, his batting average... Uh, on balls in play was was way wacky high, meaning he got really unlucky. And then this hard hit average was low, meaning that he was one of the best pitchers at not allowing the ball to be hit hard. So that that heading into this season, it's like, oh, maybe he'll even be better than last year. So I'm excited about Luke. But yeah, I mean, these these young pitchers, I I, I sensed from talking to people that they want them to be part of the team, not uh, on someone else's team. All right, give me your wish list for. The start of spring training till we get to opening day. What are the most essential things you think this team needs to have in order to win the division and certainly get into postseason play? I mean, I, I, I liked Greg Holland a lot in the offseason looking at his saves. I mean, he's got he's got 41 saves from last year. But I, I just, just don't think the Cardinals are going to make a, a move for, for a, a huge name right now. But the trade deadline could be a different story. Benjamin Hockman, you can read him in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Always great uh, chatting with you, man, and here's to a great spring. Appreciate it. We'll come back to close out the first hour of the program next on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. All right, before we wrap up this hour of the program, let's give away six vouchers for any single session of the 2018 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament, March 1st through 4th. For more information on the Missouri Valley Conference games, visit archmadness.com. Let's take caller number five right now at 314-531-1120 for those tickets. All right, Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. Mike Anderson is back in our Cardinals Network studios. That wraps up our first hour. Thank you to Kyle McClellan, Adam Wainwright, and Benjamin Hockman. In our next hour, we'll kick things off with Mike Shannon. We'll get Mike's impressions of what he expects this spring as we get set for our first broadcast a week from Friday. Dan Farrell will talk flex packs with us. The skipper, Mike Matheny, sits down with us and... We'll visit with Cardinals Hall of Fame candidate John Tudor. All of that in the jam-packed second hour of this live in Jupiter edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne. Back after this in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? The pitch, swing and a miss, through the fastball right by him, and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight Ks for the Cardinal Hurricanes. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We are in Jupiter as workouts have started, a week and a half away from the first spring training game, and it's great to see Mike Shannon down here. Mike, uh, how's the offseason been, and... Just, what, 10 days away from uh, calling the first game right over our shoulders at Roger Dean Stadium? You know, it doesn't matter what they say about, uh, you know, spring is eternal and so forth and so on. And it is. There is no doubt about it. It, it. No matter how much knowledge you have, you try to shelve that to a certain point. 
because of the atmosphere of spring training. And I want to tell you something. When it's fifth, I talked to Bob Gibson yesterday. I said, how is it? He said, well, it's been snowing for about two weeks. And then he said, but it's a nice day today. The sun is shining and it's 15 degrees. <laughs> it's been 80 down here. Now, when the first game, we'll probably have the wind blowing like heck and so forth and so on. But you talk about enthusiasm. I mean, how can you not be enthusiastic? It's 75 when you get up in the morning. It's 85 when we're at game time, and the wind is sunshine. It's beautiful. I mean, who wouldn't be excited? And no humidity, and, you know, everybody's got a, a different attitude, a different approach because they like being outdoors and working out. And, you know, Mike, these guys get down here earlier and earlier each year just to get involved and absorb the atmosphere. And if they don't, their wife says, when are we going to Florida? <laughs> Hey, for you, um, what are you looking for this year in spring training? I mean, there's a lot of things that when the season ended, we all felt like needed to be changed and we needed to do some things differently. But now that we've had a chance to go through the winter, what are you going to look for with this particular spring training with so many changes from a coaching standpoint? Well, I always, I think spring training is extremely important because that's where the character of a ball club is defined, in my mind, okay? And I've seen it over the years, all right? Uh, that's where I get to know you. You're a new kid on the block, and uh, he he gets to know me and the veterans, so forth, so on. And and the character of a team is built there. You know, the coaching staff, the manager, er, everything involved, the press. I mean, it, it's just not the, the players themselves, but basically that's what we're talking about. We're talking about manager, coaches, ownership, and then we get to the player and the pitching and then the character of a baseball team, okay? And that's a word that you don't hear much about anymore these days, okay? It's character, okay? And character is what pulls you through the tough spots, all right? Individually, collectively, team-wise, show me the character of a ball team. And, you know, Mike Matheny has shown a phenomenal character over the years when you look at the past years, and as tough as it was last year, he related many, many times to the character. And, you you know, he, he paid no attention to the uh, low spots and the bad parts. He said character and toughness will pull us through, and it did in many, many cases. I mean, what were we, like one or two games away from being in the playoffs again? And with our pitching staff, hey, all you need is three pitchers, okay? And it, that doesn't change very much, except that those three pitchers have to go a lot longer than Gibson did. <laughs> you know, all we had to do, you know, when when uh, you only had eight teams, is win one other game besides Gibson's three. I mean, basically, that's what we, you know, you know, it didn't matter how you did it. And we had really good pitchers that would go out and throw a shutout, or you'd score five runs or ten runs, whatever it took, you know. But you knew that you only had to win one other game because you know Gibson was going to win three. Now today they have the same situation, three pitchers, but they've got the playoffs and then the playoffs and then another set of playoffs and then another set of playoffs and then hey, it's the World Series. And I will say one thing for Joe Torre. They ask him about this or that. And it's different when you get to the World Series, trust me. Because it's the first person, the first team to win four games. You don't have to win four games. You, the first first, the first guy to win four. That's very important. So, in other words, in the third inning, when the bases are loaded, you might bring in one of your best pitchers. Why? Well, because the first person that wins four games 
is the world champions. You, you know, we saw a lot more of that in postseason. And I think we see it a little bit more in the regular season where managers don't want to let things get out of hand. Now, you run the risk of burning up your bullpen, but there are certain games on the schedule that you got to have. And if you don't know when that, put your finger on the pulse of your ball club and knowing when you need one of those games, then you're going to have a problem down the road. That's for sure, Mike. But there's another time where a manager will let a player bat or let a pitcher in a game when he knows that that pitcher or that player is going to be unsuccessful. But he has to instill confidence in that player, okay? So he's going to make an out in a crit- critical situation in a game. He's going to have to sacrifice that because he knows down the road it's going to win him five or six more games. And not only for that person, but the other 24 guys that are watching. They're watching say, hey, if he's not have confidence in that player and he's struggling right now, but if he lets him bat, even though he knows he's going to make an out, I'll tell you what, what it does for the other 24 guys and him, It'll pay off in the long run. That's the difference between the playoffs, okay, and the regular season. During the playoffs, he'll say, uh-uh, I can't do that because I have to be the first person to win the four games. Mike, I want to ask you about the coaching staff. Obviously, Mike Maddox and Brian Eversgird added on the pitching side, Jose Okendo back, Willie McGee, who's been a presence throughout the organization, permanently added to the big league staff. What do you think those two guys specifically will do to help some of the issues that we've seen uncharacteristically plagued this club the last couple of seasons? Well, first of all, I think it was a great move PR-wise by the ball club, okay? And Willie McGee, I think, will be a key in numerous, numerous ways because uh, he has the ear of these young players. He had them in the backfields down here. He had them in the minor leagues. And when he says a pig weighs 39 pounds, those kids are not going to put it on the scale. They may put it on the scale if you tell them or if I tell them or if Mike tells them, but they're not going to put it on the scale if Willie McGee tells them because they trust Willie McGee. I think he's going to be a real key to this ball club. And, of course, Okendo, you know, he is Jose Okendo. And say no more, plain and simple. That's what he brings. I'm also very, very glad to see Everskirt here, okay, because Everskirt has had a lot of these kids in the minor leagues. He knows them personally, and he knows when to kick them. He knows when to pat them on the back, and he knows when to tell our new pitching coach when to do that. And I guarantee you that our new pitching coach is going to rely a lot on what Brian Everskirt has to say, and I haven't even talked to him about that. But I'm going to tell you right now, knowing Mike, he's going to say, hey, Brian, tell me about this kid. He's struggling right now. Don't worry about him. He'll be all right. He'll do this. He'll do that. Da 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 da. And then he'll, he'll say, well, tell me about him. Uh, let's wait on him. <laughs> well, and and Mike Schilt as well. I know he's been up the last couple of years, but he's coached what seventy five percent of the guys that are going to be in big league camp. I I like a lot what I see with uh, Mike. Uh, I, I think. There's trust. Well, and I, I'm gonna tell you another thing. He's going to be a big league manager. Hopefully, they're going to keep him around. I give him two years, three at the most. Before he be, all right. Well, I hope that they don't let him get away, okay, because I think that he has great qualities. He has great coaching ability. He has great baseball knowledge, okay. And if you talk to him, and I'll give you one example. You say, you know, we, we still have it in this business, okay, correlated weights, Cybermetrics, we're working on it, okay, but it still hasn't it hasn't fit in yet, okay. And he came up with a good analogy the other day. We were talking about exercises, okay. Well, do your exercises 
baseball exercises, okay? You got football exercises, hockey exercises, tennis exercises, volleyball exercises, but do the exercises that are correlated with your business, with your industry. Just that's just that's one little piece of the psychological part of things, okay? You say, well, well how is that psychological? Well, if you add all that together, sooner or later, you're going to have to have a shrink around, and that's what a manager is, all right? He's got to be a halfback, half-baked shrink, okay, to put all this together. There's, hey, how many kids are down here the first time they're away from their mom, okay? Is he a mama's boy? Well, Brian Everskirt will be able to tell Mike that or tell the manager. Cause, what, hey, tell me about it. We had this kid in the minor leagues. You, you had him, right? Let me tell you, when I first came to the big leagues, we had like 120 years of experience. And I just sat there, and I, if I opened my mouth, somebody put a towel in it. But every once in a while, there'd be a new kid come up and say, Hey, Mike, did you play against that guy in the minor? Yes. Tell us about it. Don't say anything until you're asked. Okay. But that's the only time I opened my mouth, I guarantee you. I had my ears open, though, because we had guys like Bobby Shands and Kurt Simmons and Sawatsky and Bill White and Dick Grote and Stan Musial. The list goes on and on. Now, if you have any kind of intelligence at all, you keep your mouth shut and your ears open when you have people like that around, and that goes for our business, any any industry, period. Well, Mike, we are uh, so glad that we are finally officially kicked off down here with the show in Jupiter. I know folks can't wait. A week from Friday, our first ball game on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. As always, thanks for joining us, and it's great to see you. Well, the people set their clocks by the broadcast, and they'll be setting them uh, for the 23rd also, and we'll be playing Miami. But really, the entire outfield will be Cardinal minor leaguers <laughs> for the Miami team. It's going to be really a fun spring, and I'll tell you what, uh, the people back in the Midwest and in St. Louis and, and, uh, and our entire network, over 100 stations, they'll be tuned in, and we'll – We'll tell you as best we can and what's happening down here because uh, that's what we do. Thank you, sir. Guaranteed tickets to opening day or Cubs weekend games with Flex Packs. Premium Flex Packs on sale today and feature one Cubs weekend game plus a minimum of two other games in 2018. Opening day Flex Packs go on sale tomorrow and feature the home opener plus a minimum of two other games in 2018. For full details, visit cardinals.com slash flex packs. We'll talk tickets and more with Dan Farrell next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back. Cardinals countdown to opening day continues. We are in Jupiter, and we head back to St. Louis and say hello to the senior VP of sales and marketing, Dan Farrell. And I know Dan and company have been very busy back in St. Louis. Dan, how are you? Great, Chris. How are things in Florida? Things are great. We're getting excited. Just uh, anticipation in the air. You know how it is this time of year. And we're going to get to uh, the flex packs and some of the other offerings that you guys have for Cardinals fans in just a moment. But I know that yesterday you guys had the flash sale and highly successful. I know people were thrilled at some of the ticket offerings yesterday. And you continue to provide tickets to all sorts of games for incredibly affordable prices. Tell us about yesterday and the response that you guys saw for that great promotion. Well, it really worked out well. It was the first time we've tried this uh, promotion. We we do um, you know some some discount offers during the course of the year. You know, often tie it to a holiday or to some uh, a special event, uh, the Fourth of July sale, and we sell four dollar tickets. Well, this year with the pitchers and catchers report date yesterday, uh, we thought why not give fans a chance to to get in on uh, a, a great offer, a great discount price. 
which was $5 with a $5 uh, uh, Cardinals cash benefit added to the ticket. Uh, so you're, um, you know, you're in, in the park for $5 and then your first uh, $5 of concessions are, are on, on the club. So it worked out well. We, uh, we sold over 100,000, almost uh, approaching 125,000 tickets yesterday. And wow. basically uh, every game across the, the Monday through Thursday, we sold anywhere from 1,500 to, to 3,000 tickets for almost every game. So really gives a nice base of uh, individual sales going into the season. Dan Farrell is with us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. You can now guarantee your tickets to Opening Day or Cubs weekend games with Cardinals Flex Packs. Premium Flex Packs on sale today. They feature a Cubs weekend game plus a minimum of two other games. In 2018, Opening Day Flex Packs go on sale tomorrow they feature the home opener plus a minimum of two other games in 2018. Cardinals.com slash flex packs. Tell us about the flex packs, Dan, and why it's important for you guys to give fans an opportunity to guarantee themselves tickets to some of the premium dates. Well, this is just a natural progression that we go through, Chris. For, for December and, and January, early February, we sell the multi-game packs, the five-game packs, and the ten-game packs. And now for these short windows, uh, we'll put these flex packs on and, uh, uh, or, you know, we, we wait until February. And this is a smaller pack. You can get one uh, Cubs uh, Friday or Saturday game and then pair that up with two other games, really any two games of your choice. There's, there's a couple of uh, exceptions. Uh, excluding, just really excluding opening day. Uh, but then, um, uh, the other, uh, pack tomorrow that goes on sale beginning at 10 a.m. is the uh, first chance you can get, uh, guaranteed to an opening day ticket. And you have to buy two other games with that. So, again, the opening day pack that's been on sale for a couple months, that is a 10-game pack, which is very popular. It's our most popular pack. But this opening day flex pack is always real popular because you don't have to commit to as many games. So, again, it's uh, pick your opening day tickets and then pick any two other games other than um, – uh, a couple of Saturdays that are excluded. So it's really an opportunity to sort of narrow down your choice and pick a Cubs weekend or pick an opening day game along with uh, any game of your choice. And that includes all those great dates that we have uh, those premium promotion dates on. Yeah, again, the Cubs premium pack on sale now at cardinals.com slash flex packs. The opening day flex pack will be on sale tomorrow. That's Thursday at 10 a.m., it's another night game, 6-15 on Thursday, April 5th, against the Diamondbacks. We had the Sunday night baseball game against the Cubs last year, Dan, in your eyes and your staff's eyes. Uh, how did that go over? I know a lot of people, it was different, but we're very excited about having an opening evening at Bush Stadium and all of the festivities throughout the day that led up to it. Yeah, we thought, based on last year, the amount of fans that got downtown early and uh, really made a day of it, uh, that um, because we were opening on a Thursday this year, we really thought it provided an opportunity to go ahead and schedule a night game with um, you know folks having Thursday you know sort of being towards the end of the week versus our traditional Monday opener and um, 
Uh, so we're trying it. We're trying a, a, a 6.15 start. And we'll open the gates plenty early on that day and make sure everybody's in the park for when the Clydesdales come out. And that'll probably be right around the 5.30 mark. So as a, even though it is a late game, I think people will be getting to the park at 3.30, 4, 4.30 and, and getting in their, uh, their seats. And uh, again, it's St. Louis's biggest party on opening day. <laughs> Cardinals.com slash flex packs. You can also uh, go to the Cardinals website and check out the theme tickets, all inclusive tickets, the five and six or ten game ticket packs. So plenty of offerings for everyone. And uh, congratulations on a great day yesterday, Dan, during that flash sale. I know a lot of people were excited to take advantage of that, and, and what a great number. Really excited to see all these Cardinals fans at the ballpark this summer. Well, there's certainly that uh, pent up demand when you get to this mm-hmm. time of year, and, and it's uh, uh, teased with all those visuals of. Uh, the guys in the red red jerseys out on the green grass down in Jupiter, and we all want to be part of uh, either that scene or be ready to be part of the scene when they come back to St. Louis. So we have been very pleased with the off-season, uh, you know, response. The demand is is as strong as ever. We're definitely tracking to be, you know, north of three million tickets once again in 2018, and um, you know, we're just ready to get the season started. Up here. Very well said. Dan Farrell, the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Appreciate the time, and we'll see you soon. Okay, thanks, Chris. Missing baseball season, Cardinals Nation and Ballpark Village is open seven days a week. Stop by for a bite to eat or relive some of the Cardinals' greatest moments by going through the Cardinals Museum. For more information, visit cardinalsnation.com. The skipper, Mike Matheny, sits down with us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We are joined by Cardinals manager Mike Matheny on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, uh, presented by Ameren, the first day of pitcher and catcher workouts in the books. And, uh, Mike, what does this day represent? Obviously not the full team here, but guys have been around, guys have been working out, but to uh, all put the uniform on, go out and start things formally. Well, it's not officially the whole team, but you've seen most of our guys here, which is always exciting to see and just getting going again you know we uh, we spend the whole winter and a lot of us try to unplug somewhat whether it's from the game or from you know following some of the competition um but most of us myself included i can't unplug from this team so i'm always thinking about our guys i'm always thinking about um what, what can we do a little better what what are we missing um obviously there's a lot of going a lot going on in the hot stove league but um, trying to figure out what the next move is going to be and always trying to figure out our club. But in the meanwhile, our coaches, it's fun. I'll get a random call from a number of the guys on the staff talking about, hey, I was thinking about this applying to this particular player. I mean, that stuff just happens from the day the season ends all the way until we get here. So we've been planning and we've been watching and listening to some of the things these guys have been doing. Now we get our, our eyes on them. But, um, you know, I think there's just a number of things. I think the other part is... Uh, seeing some of these young players too, and we've you know had a lot of success with bringing in young players that nobody even really heard of, and all of a sudden they're playing significant roles on our club, and kind of getting your eyes on them, and, and then putting them in in the mix alongside some of the more established players, and just kind of give them a chance to to do their thing. So it's just a it's an exciting day in baseball, and um, exciting day for us because can't wait to get going. You um you mentioned that you always look to improve from last year, and certainly spring training is the first stop for that. What did you try and implement this year as far as the way you want to approach things? I know you want guys to come in a little later, but what are some of the other things you're going to look to try and do? Yeah, um, it's not necessarily coming later. It's just trying to assure or 
try to take advantage of, of uh, rest and you know, we, we've always taken a lot of pride in being a team that's in here early, and we're going to have a bunch of guys that are. Um, but the guys that aren't uh, getting an, enough recovery, uh, we got to prioritize that. And so I think it's going to be important, and the thing is we track it. So a lot of them are wearing wristbands that are letting us know. And, you know, we start allowing them to come in later, and they're still not getting their rest. And we're going to have a sit-down. And so then – but, you know, that stuff gets back to me before even the – the data gets there. So we, we know, so just letting them know that, you know, where our priorities are, priorities are, right, let's, let's get your body ready. And part of that is making sure that you're capitalizing on the recovery, whether that's what you're doing dietary-wise, what, what you're doing in your free time, and obviously what you're doing with your rest. How much has how spring training changed from when you started? Because guys would come out and run around like a bunch of banty roosters, and nobody was worrying about uh, getting rest or anything like that. It seems like the game has become more centralized because there's more data, obviously. But how much has it changed from when you first got to a camp and you might be here all day and well into the night? Well, and, and to that point, being able to tailor things to individuals. I think it all has changed, but we're just trying to train smarter and taking the information that we have, Mike. And, you know, the, the players have changed where, you know, I think more than ever before. Um, you know, I'll never forget, I sat behind a plate one day and uh, Robin Yount got in the batter's box and it was my first big league spring training. And um, I said, you know, do you want to know if the ball's coming inside? And he goes, I'm not swinging. That's the first bat I've picked up all, all winter. And, and I'm like, dang. You know, I've, I've been swinging since last September, but re- that was kind of the mindset, and it worked really well for Robin, and it worked for a whole lot of other Hall of Famers. But the game has changed where um, these guys, it, it, it's different in the fact that I don't know if it's more of an urgency. I, you know, I think guys are very aware of the economics of this game. They're aware of the fact that the average career is around four years. Of, that's a short window of opportunity. So. I think you're seeing a more disciplined diet. I think guys are paying attention. They're, they're asking for this data on, on how much and what kind of sleep are they getting and what kind of supplements um, are they going to be able to take. They're going to help them with whatever deficiencies they have. I mean, this is stuff that they're asking for is more information that's going to make them more effective in that short window of opportunity. Now, let's make it very clear. I don't think they're all going home and taking naps. Um, I just saw a number of them head out, and I guarantee they're – there's golf clubs. Yeah, golf clubs were involved. And, you know, that's good, too, because I do believe part of this is building chemistry, too. And when they go to dinner together, and just even if it's a couple of them, they're building that. That chemistry is, is all about connectedness, and it's all about uh, conversation. So learn how to play, play for each other at some point, too. That's, that's you know, you asked earlier what kind of what's the, the new kind of phrase or what's our new aim and it's not anything new it's just more focused i mean this is about our team i mean we got to develop a team but this team also translates down into memphis and this team translates down into springfield and and, into here into palm beach i mean it's it's kind of building that it's it's this group of us uh, ahead of us individually which is uh, it's a tall task, um, but I know the, what the results will be, and uh, the results will be multiplying the talent that we have. You know, you, you have a large group in big league camp and a lot of guys that stick around late before heading back to wherever they're going to head back to or heading down the hall, and a lot of guys have made the comment when they come up to the big leagues, if they come up to the big leagues during the regular season, they feel comfortable because of the atmosphere in camp. How much pride do you and your staff take in that? 
I think a lot of that has to be uh, really deflected over to our players. Uh, I think the staff does do a nice job of, of investing into all the players, no matter where they have played or where they're projected to play, kind of investing equally. Uh, the other part uh, is that um, I think it's a little different in this camp to the point where a lot of our players have just seen it too many times that one of the biggest impact player that we'll bring in through the year some kid that wasn't even supposed to be here. And so how can we make that transition to where when they get there they aren't overwhelmed? And a lot of that has to do with making them feel like they are part of that team that we just talked about earlier. Uh, they're part of what we're doing here. They may come in and play a huge role for us. So it's not a time to, all right, you know, you were in, you're in Palm Beach last year, so you're going to shine my shoes all spring training. It isn't like that. We, we really don't put up with it. We don't really allow it. It's going to be more about how how can we maximize what this kid has. And uh, I think that it, that's been that's been just passed down. Where you see it was done for some of our veteran players at one point, and it made a huge difference to them. And now they got an opportunity to pass it on to somebody else. You've cleaned shoes before. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at it. Yes, yeah, yeah, stick with your strengths. No, there's um, yeah, we're always talking about it. You know, man, if if somehow we can just realize that we're all in this together, right down to you know just how we treat people in general and, and respect the fact that our trainers put in long, long days. What can we do instead of throwing the towel on the floor, you know, in the trainer's room? Go pick it up, put it away, you know. And, and when we're in the clubhouse, nobody works harder than our clubbies, and don't you dare treat them any different than what you'd treat any guy in uniform. And that's a message that has to be passed around in here because that's sometimes the greatest way for us to to, to see what a person's all about. It's how they're training the guy, maybe, or how they're treating the guy that's washing their jock. And so we make it clear what the level of expectation is of, of how you're supposed to how you're supposed to handle yourself, how you're supposed to treat other people. And we believe that that sort of stuff kind of translates into that idea of it's not all about me. And if, you know, somebody needs help cleaning shoes, I want to help clean shoes. I've washed, scrubbed the toilet in there before, you know, and I, I, I think part of it is to make a statement. The other part is I, I just appreciate the people that we have around here and what they do for us. When do you cut off last season and go into the following season? I don't know when we turn the page. There's not really like, okay, I'm going to give myself until January 1. That doesn't go that way. I just Because things will pop, pop up into my mind you know, past January that, like, oh, okay, that, that was something maybe that slipped through the cracks so we can do a little bit different. And You know, I, I just – I don't think I, I ever want to stop learning from what had happened. And there's some things that I'd forgotten about. Somebody will bring it up. And I think it's just uh, it's ongoing. I mean, you've you got to let losses go, right? I mean, if you don't do that in our game, you're not going to hang around very long. Mike, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, here's to a great spring. Thank you. Don't forget to guarantee your tickets to see manager Mike Matheny and company. Opening day or Cubs weekend games can be yours with Flex Packs. Premium packs on sale today feature a Cubs weekend game plus a minimum of two other games. Opening day Flex Packs go on sale tomorrow. Feature the home opener plus a minimum of two other games as well. For full details, visit cardinals.com slash flex packs. Mike Claiborne with John Tudor, Cardinals Hall of Fame candidate next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Emerin on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. We continue with Countdown to Opening Day here on the Cardinals Radio Network. I'm Mike Claiborne, and as we've been talking a great deal about the Cardinals Hall of Fame, the nominees, it's a pretty healthy list, and we're going to have a chance to visit with one of them. He had parts of four seasons in St. Louis, an incredible 62-26 and record, including a 21-8 season in 1985. It's always good to visit with John Tudor. John, thanks for joining us, and congratulations on the nomination. 
Thanks, Mike. And by the way, that was five seasons. Let's go. Let's get your. If you're gonna be before, you gotta get stuff <laughs> I, together. Here. I just want to see if you were still keeping score on that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah, and you yeah, obviously no, are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know, let's let's talk a little bit about that. The fact that you know you come over from Pittsburgh, they trade you over to St. Louis for George Hendrick, and uh, yep. you had a good career going. But what clicked for you in St. Louis? I mean, you had some incredible games and some seasons with the Cardinals. What clicked for you? I think it was just a combination of a lot of things. It was, you know, it was that team, it was that defense, it was that speed, it was that ballpark. It was everything. You know, I mean, just it just all kind of came together. Uh, it took it took a little little bit of time for it to for it to happen, but um, but it, it it got there eventually, and and um, you know, it made it. You know, like I said, those guys those guys playing defense behind you made it a heck of a lot easier to pitch. You know, in listening and talking to you over the years, you've always been complimentary of your defense because you just let guys hit it in a lot of cases, and fortunately they hit it to some guys who knew how to feel. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, that's what it's all about for the most part. You know, for somebody like me that wasn't, you know, wasn't a power pitcher, especially later in my career, I was no longer a power pitcher. And, um, you know, getting over to St. Louis, you know, having sat in the, in the, in the visiting dugout for, a season with Pittsburgh and, and, and kind of watched us play defense and then watched you guys play defense. It was like, Oh God, please let me, let me play here someday. You know, that, not only that, but just, just the, the whole atmosphere of, of St. Louis with the, you know, with the fans and, the, and, and, uh, you know, positive energy. everything was positive and, and the fans just accepted. I mean, even, even through that difficult time that I was going, I mean, I never had people coming up to me and tell me how, how crappy I was. It, it just, you know, they're always real supportive. So. It was it was a great place to play, and and let's talk a little bit about that that time when you first arrived in St. Louis. Got off to a little bit of a tough start. Uh, a high school teammate saw saw an adjustment that needed to be made. He's made a suggestion right. to you, and, and things yep. just just went well from there. It was interesting. My my old uh, high school catcher just talked to me about just a little piece of my mechanics that that he saw that he wasn't quite in. And uh, and it just seemed to it just seemed to put everything together. I mean, I don't know if it was you know if it was mental or or if it was actually as physical as it as it as it was. But um, I just went on, I went on a roll that obviously I'll never see again. But uh, it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, hey John, for you you mentioned mechanics, and, and I know that as you mentioned also you weren't a power pitcher. Mechanics are important for a lot of pitchers, and sometimes they take them for granted. What were some of the things you felt like you needed to do consistently in order to be a successful pitcher? Well, I think all pitchers, you have you have to know your limitations. You have to be able to stay within yourself. And and bottom line is you got to strikes. You know, if you're not afraid, if you're not afraid to throw the ball to the plate and let somebody hit it every now and then, you're gonna have a hard time because not, there's not too many guys that could just you know get strike everybody all the time. You got you got you got to be able to throw the ball to the plate, just let them put the ball in play at times. And like I said, that defense that was there for me was uh, just made it really, really easy to do. You know, shame on me if I didn't throw the ball clear, if I'd hit it with, with those guys back there. That's a good point. Hey, you know, you had a good run in St. Louis. What was your best memory about playing in St. Louis? I just loved playing in St. Louis. St. Louis was a great, was just a great baseball town. It was, um, it was like I said, it was positive all the time. I can just, I remember uh, coming back, back home from, Los Angeles after we lost the first two games of the NLCS in 85. And, you know, people weren't saying, oh, they're not, not going to do it. You know, oh, they're all done. You know, good run. 
they were saying, oh, come on, you guys, we're going to do it. They, knew, they just knew that we were going to come back and beat the Dodgers. And, uh, and we did that. And, you know, other places I've played just wasn't like that. I mean, not that I'd ever been to that, in that situation before, you know, coming home in the playoffs, but, uh, but it was just, it was just the, the positive atmosphere and the, and the vibe that the, whole, that the whole city, the whole area puts out. And John Tudor is uh, obviously retired now, but he's been more involved with the Cardinals in recent years. We, we see him in the fantasy camp. Uh, he's he's Mr. Uh, Mr. Warmth, as some would call him there. And you seem like you have a lot of fun with that because you were a rather stoic chap when you were a pitcher, and, and you would make the media work for an answer as well. But uh, and, and we've known each other for years, but it seems like you're having more fun with that reputation than anybody I can think of. You know, I, I, I disagree to a certain point about making the media work for an answer. I, I think I made the media work work for a good question sometimes. Good point. You know, some, that's that's a better way to put it. You're right. You know, sometimes some of the questions you get are 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 a bit challenging, and and uh, you know, be it right or be it wrong. I mean, I held myself to a standard on the mound, so I, I unfortunately held some of the other guys in the media to the same standard that I was trying to hold myself to. So. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely could be difficult to work with, but I, but I, I was never not in front of my locker after a loss, and uh, or after I'd screwed up, I was always there, ready to face music. And uh, so I've always said, if you if you if you want to read what's written good about you, you have to be willing to read what's written bad as well. So. Well, I can say you were fair, and, and I always appreciated that. Hey, John, again, congratulations on the nomination. Uh, looking forward to seeing you on that stage in August. Uh, but also, it's just great to have you more involved in the Cardinals and certainly being part of the fantasy camps. And hopefully, we'll see you in St. Louis more over the course of time. Yeah, I hope so, Mike. Thanks. And uh, you know, it's great. It's a great group that, that I'm in with. And you know, if, uh, if 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 it works out, great. If it doesn't, then it, it's just an honor to have been on the ballot. So. Follow the Cardinals in style this coming season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine. Sign up today and receive two free tickets, all for just 35 bucks. Order now at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. When we return, we'll wrap up this second hour of the program. Chris Ravy, Mike Claiborne with you. Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Mike Anderson, back in the studio. And we're back in a moment in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.